0: Thank you for supporting Overcomer's Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped.
1: Romans chapter 12, verse 6 reads as follows. Having been gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. In prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Based on that, I want to talk to you from the topic of gifted and yielded auxiliary workers. Gifted and yielded auxiliary workers. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we're so grateful for your presence in this sanctuary. We thank God for the word of God that's going to minister to us, your sheep. We continue to bind the enemy and cast them out. Plead your blood over these precious saints today who have a hunger and a thirst for your word. And, you know, you, we, we know you're not going to disappoint us because we heard earlier and we declare and decree that, God, you never fail. And Father, thank you for being a strong God, a mighty God, a prince of peace, our everlasting father. And thank you for teaching us your word this evening, this morning. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. And thank you, Lord. Now, before we actually get into this, I want to go back and read Romans chapter 12, verses 4 down to verse 8 to give us a little clarity into what I believe the Holy Spirit is going to be teaching us this morning. So Romans chapter 12 and verse 4 reads as follows. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So notice Paul was addressing the church at Rome, letting us know there's many members, but we're all one. But all these, the many members have different functions. Then in verse five, so we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Verse six, again, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. Notice there's a difference there. Notice what he tells us to do. Let us use them. Pause for just a moment on that. Let us use them. Notice what Paul is telling the church at Rome, not only the church at Rome, but the church right here at OCC. Let us Use them. Then he goes on to say, if prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith, or ministry, let us use it in our ministry, ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, who, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Are everyone seeing the pattern here? That every time that God gives us a gift in whatever capacity that it is, he wants us to use that gift. That means it is not my right to sit on God's gift, especially when I see in his word that he wants me to use my gift. Based on that, we need to understand that everybody has a gift. Everybody has a gift. Everybody has a gift. And in that gift, we understand that that gift comes from God. God gives every individual a gift. Everybody. Everybody in this sanctuary, according to scripture, has a gift that comes from him. But notice what he said earlier. They're not the same gifts. But everybody has a gift. Everybody's a little bit different, but everybody has a gift, but we are to work as one. Now, understand that part of it, and let me give you a quick definition for auxiliary, just in case some of us are not familiar with the term as some others. An auxiliary is a group of believers with like interests that are there to help the vision of the church. For example, men's auxiliary, women's auxiliary, and youth auxiliary. And everyone, whether saved or not, we all have gifts which are given by God. It's because God is, in my opinion, our greatest giver. He is the greatest giver, whether spiritually or naturally. He gives directly or indirectly. When God gives, he supplies or he furnishes what is needed. And he knows what his church needs. He knows what the church needs better than I do as the pastor of the church. He knows what you need in your life better than you even know what you need in your life because he knows what he put on the inside of you. And when we look at scriptures, we think about scriptures like John 3 and 16 which is a familiar scripture that constantly reminds us of the generosity of our sovereign God who is motivated by love. And his greatest gift blesses us on this earth and will bless us eternally as well. That's why John 3 and 16 reads as follows. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Notice this. God gave. He supplied. He furnished. He gave over what? His only begotten son. That whoever believes, whoever places confidence in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So notice when God started giving to you, he don't stop giving you once you pass from the earth realm. He continues to give to you everlasting life. And Jesus is the greatest gift I believe that God that continues to give that we have ever received in our life. You cannot even compare the giving what God gives to us through Jesus. He blesses us with many different ministry gifts as well to use in his church. He blesses us to use his gift that he's given to us to be used in his church. And he also gives us the grace to use these gifts Effectively, because I believe truly he is developing the gifts that's on the inside of each and every one of us. We see here in today's text that God grants us gifts to use and that is especially important to note when it comes to operating effectively in auxiliaries. See, our auxiliaries serve as a vehicle to showcase God's divine ability in us. We see here in Romans chapter 12 and verse 6, having been gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. A prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. So he says here, having then gifts, having then extraordinary ability that distinguishes one from another. Just like Paul talked about earlier in that scripture, he says that we have all different types of gift, but they're different from one another. And that's important to know because my gift is not your gift and your gift is not my gift, but we should all work together. Everybody say work together. And so, but notice what he says here. He says, let us, and this is the part that caught my attention, let us use them. Let us achieve a desired results. Let us utilize this gift. Let us accomplish a purpose in, the, in our gift. And a very interesting definition is this, is let us employ our gift, indicating that some of our gifts are unemployed. Some of our gifts are not operating, even though God knows they're there, sitting in some cases dormant because the user has not allowed God to develop the gift. And that's sad that God would give you a gift, but you don't use it for his kingdom. Now, I know that people all out in the world got different gifts from God and not using them for his glory, but that we're not concerned about them. We are concerned about what's going on here at OCC. Everybody understand that part? Now, our gifts enable us to serve effectively in God's church and to reach others with the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. When our gifts are operating in a manner that distinguishes us from others, it allows us to yield to God super on our natural in order for us to achieve a desired result. See, God gives us extraordinary ability to sing, play instruments, organize, administrate, execute events to serve supernaturally in ways that lift up the name of Jesus. Notice what he said in those verses there. If you got a job to minister, to minister. If you got a job to exhort, exhort. If you got a job to show mercy, show mercy. Whatever your gift is, it's not to be unemployed, but it's to be employed. And this is what you need to know. This is not what I'm telling you to do. I can ask you to do it all day long, but when God tells you to use your gift, then that's God to asking you or, uh, to use the gift. And this is what you got to understand. He knows what he put inside of you. He knows what he, the gifts that he put inside of you. It'd be hard for me to go around and say, well, God, you know what? I'm not, a, I, I, I'm not, I don't have the gift of pastoring. And God's sitting there looking at me. You ever look at your children sometime and they'll be telling you stuff like, Like, you know, your your child ate the cookie and they got cookie crumbs all over. I didn't eat the cookie. Paul reminds us in today's text, it's up to us to use them. Use them. That being our gifts and our abilities that come from God. We have to use our gifts to achieve greatness in his house and in his church. It takes prayer fasting, wisdom, insight, and so forth to help people in the body of Christ at our local church become joined and knitted together. Hold one second. We must be willing to employ our gifts in a manner that brings eternal rewards, thus seeing souls saved, people delivered, and such like. See, no gift is too small or too underdeveloped or too overdeveloped to accomplish a greater purpose for the kingdom of God. Notice what I said there. No gift is too underdeveloped, overdeveloped, or too small or too big to be used by God. Now, sometimes we get to a position where people think they're so big they can't be used by God. Or that they, they, you know, I don't know enough. I can't be used by God. Even when I remember coming up in ministry, we used to go and witness, and I didn't really know that much about the Bible. And I got tore up many times. What I mean by tore up? It left me, couldn't say nothing. I, I mean, it left me wondering was I saved or not. I'm telling you, I'm, because why? I didn't know what I thought I knew. But I was still knocking on them doors. Because God, listen, I knew one thing. God loved him. I knew this, they needed to be saved. I knew this, they needed to go to church somewhere. And I I built upon that and kept on going. And kept studying and and so forth. And you can do the same thing though You may not know a lot, but you know Jesus loves you. You know Jesus can save you. You know Jesus can deliver you. And you know Jesus can prosper you. And you know that. And you can share that with somebody. And if they tell you no, at least you did your part. You be like what Jesus told them. Wipe the dust off your foot and keep on rocking. He might not say keep on rocking, but he did say wipe the dust off your foot or your feet, it's just there. So now we have it is. That's why it's important for us to gain understanding on how the Holy Spirit divinely enables us to help the kingdom, to help the kingdom of God to function and move forward in ministry. It's up to us to gain knowledge as well as understanding. That's why we must use our gift in proportion to our faith, which is why we must increase our faith by hearing the word of God. I want you to notice the latter part of Romans chapter 12 and verse six, having been gifts different according to the grace that is given to us. Let us use them. In prophecy, which it could be any one of the gifts he puts in there, but I'm, he, he, in this particular verse, he used prophecy. He says, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. So if it wasn't prophecy, it could be teaching. It could be exhorting. It could be uh, showing mercy, whatever it is. But he says, do this in proportion to our, your faith. Proportion there means to be properly related between things apart to adjust as to size, to comparative relate between things as size and quality, number, and so forth. So in other words, as my faith increases, then my proportion increases. And my faith in God is my conviction in the written and revealed word of God. So as I am doing Using my gift for the kingdom and start believing in his word, then my faith is going to increase and I can be a better, do better at what I'm called to do. When I believe in the promises of God, when I go out telling people about Jesus saves and Jesus delivers and Jesus makes free, then as my faith increases, I can go with boldness and confidence knowing that what what I'm telling you is right because this is what God has showed me in his word. And they can tell me, amen, that this particular religion is okay. They can tell me, if God is so good, why do bad things happen to good people? They can tell me, amen, that if God existed, there's no such thing as God and so forth and so on. But it don't bother me because I know who God is. I know his promises. I know what he says is true. I know that because I believe my faith is built up in his word. Because you got to know these questions. Today, they're asking you all types of questions. They'll tell you, you, say, well, you know, if God is real, why is all this stuff happening in the world? You're like, that's man's choice. Because God is a God of choice. He never takes away choice from people. And you always got, when people choose to fight, he let them fight. If people choose to love, he let them love. If people choose to hate, he choose, uh, he'll let them hate. You know, one thing I was reading this week, and I'm gonna throw this out here just for a uh, quick, a quick note. He was, he was showing me in his word, as people are getting further away from the word of God, he says that the love around is getting colder. When people are getting away from the word, the promises of God, the precepts of God, he says people's love is getting cold. And so you see this in the world, is that when people are showing less love, Toward one another. Mm. Sad but true. See the more knowledge and understanding we have about our God. By God's written and revealed word, we are better able to adjust our gifts and ability accordingly. For example, the more understanding that a singer has about a scripturally based song, the knowledge and understanding enhances their ability to sing with meaning and passion under the anointing. And they constantly destroying yokes and removing birds. We just had a good example of that a few minutes ago. We had an excellent example of that a few minutes ago about the anointing of God that was being ministered through song was destroying yokes and removing burns. Another example would be this. The more that an armor bearer or pastor or aid team can see how others support and serve God's leader throughout the scriptures, then. Even in the Old as well as the New Testament, it enhances their gifts and purpose for serving God's gift in the church. As they see it in scripture, they, they know how to do in their own personal life. Another example would be when we share Jesus with others and help others connect to him and his church, it increases as uh, how we see Jesus and His disciples, how they operated and why they operated like they did on the Earth. When they buy, when, excuse me. When they open, when Jesus opened the blind eyes, when he healed the sick, when he cast out demons, when he dealt with the hostility of the Pharisees and the scribes and the Sadducees, we see how Jesus dealt with these individuals, and so it gives us a pattern as to how we need to deal with it. Because sometimes I'll be honest with you, I want to deal with it one way. But God says, no, what's my pattern? I want to tell him this, but he says, what's my pattern? Now, understand something. God got upset with a certain group and then kicked uh, some people out of the church because they had made his church a den of thieves instead of a house of prayer. So one of the things I learned is we got to be praying for a house of prayer here at OCC. That we have to be a house of prayer. Where do I get it from? Jesus' example. And we cannot allow a den of thieves to operate in our church. Because that's what Jesus did. Are y'all seeing here? I remember the time when Jesus told uh we were getting ready to pray for somebody. He told everybody to get out. Except for his two disciples. And then they went and they prayed for that young girl, and she was dead. She got back up and she lived. And that one one Peter took that same pattern in the book of Acts and did the same exact thing that he saw Jesus do. And this is why we must follow the pattern that's in Scripture. Because we follow the pattern in Scripture, we can look for God to get the same results. If he says you're going to be healed, I believe you're going to be healed. If he says you're going to be delivered, I believe you're going to be delivered. If he says give and it shall be given unto you, I believe you're going to prosper based on your giving. Why? Because it's the pattern. This is the pattern that God gives us through Scripture. That's for, he says, study to show thyself approved unto God. And let me add this part into it. Your life will be a whole lot better if you follow the pattern that he gives you through study. Now, let's go a little further. Our knowledge of God, God's word increases our proportion of faith to operate in a higher level of excellence. See, God's church needs all of us and our different gifts that he has placed in us. See, God blesses us with ministry gifts to help us to mature, do ministry work and to build each other up. Let's go to the book of Ephesians, chapter four, and verse eight. The book of Ephesians, chapter four. I'm going to start at verse eight. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Notice this. When he ascended, when he went up on high, when he went up on high, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8, he led captivity captive and gave, he supplied, he furnished, and he delivered gifts to men. Notice this. He did not give them to himself. He gave them to men. Men represents people like us. He knew we needed the gifts. And God says, I'm going to give you the gifts. And why am I going to give you the gifts? I'm going to show you in just a moment. Let me read verse nine. First of all, though, now this he ascended. What does it mean? That he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might feel all things. Now, many reasons for us being granted gifts in God's church, such as equipping the saints, ministry work, and uniting in the faith. Let's look at that in Ephesians chapter four. Let's skip verse 10, go to verse 11. And he himself gave some to be apostles. Some Prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and teachers. So God has supplied and furnished and delivered to the church apostles, prophets, evangelists, some pastors, and teachers. Verse 12. Why did he do it? And what can we learn from that? He tells tells us in verse 12. For the equipping of the saints. For the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. So this is what I should expect when I come to God's house. Based on the gifts that God has given to his church. I should expect this even um, on Wednesday night. I should expect this. I should expect this anytime we gather together. I should expect to be equipped. I should be to expect to be completely furnished. I should expect to be perfected or matured. I should expect to do work of a ministry. How do I learn? I learn it through the gifts. I should be able to labor, do deeds, and do business according to God's word based on the word of God. And for the elephant to build up, to promote growth, happiness, and holiness of the body of Christ. So I'm looking for God to do these things when I come. Equip me, Show me how to work and to be edified. These are things that I look for because these are what is what God promised me in his word. And so when I look for that, each time I come into the house of God, I may be going through whatever, go, whatever I'm going through. But I look for these things right here because I know that's what God has promised me in his word. And when he promised me that I need to expect that. I need to expect that. And another thing I'm looking for is this in verse 13. Verse 13. Do we all come to the unity or the oneness of the faith and the knowledge. I like this word knowledge because it's a precise and correct knowledge or understanding or an understanding of the son of God to a perfect man, to a mature man, to the measure of the statute of the fullness of Christ. I like this part because I get to know Jesus better. And if anything I want to do in life is get to know Jesus better, because let me say this. You you know a lot about Jesus now, but you are really just scratching the surface. You're just scratching the surface. And the more you know about Jesus, the better your life going to be. The more you know about Jesus and how he operates, listen, the better your life going to be. Because can't nobody deceive you now. Can't nobody manipulate you. Can't nobody deceive you and tell you that God is not who he said he is. But when they sang that song a few minutes ago, I was like, man, that's right down our alley. He'll never be defeated. And that means if he won't be defeated, I won't be defeated if I live in him. And that's what you got to understand. They can... Give me the three count, and I'm still not defeated because I will be resurrected one day. When you understand who God is, it's hard to think that you're going to be defeated. And and you're not walking around arrogant or conceited. You just know that, hey, when he said all things are working together for my good, if it ain't good yet, it ain't finished working yet. Listen, if my body's not healed and, and, I, and the pain's not gone for my body, he's not finished working yet. If I still got dead, I, he's not finished working yet. i got to keep on giving to get out of debt and then give afterward because I'm out of debt. He's not finished working yet. And when you know that about God, you don't let the enemy persuade you otherwise. Because he'll try to persuade you otherwise. He'll tell you, listen, you ought to be sad all the time because look at everything you've done, every place you've been and so forth and so on. No, uh, I'm going to be happy. Why? Because he wants me to be happy. I'm following his pattern, his plan for my life, the knowledge of the Son of God. See, the gifts of God blesses us and teaches us in so many different ways. We're provided tools to complete and perfect us. The gifts help us labor in ministry and do deeds and actions to support the ministry because ministry requires work. God's gift will help build us up and promote and encourage growth and maturity in us. His gift also supports us in being happy and holy just as he is holy. And many times when you use your gift for God's glory, you feel you feel fulfilled. His gift that has been sent to his church unites us in faith and helps us to gain correct and precise knowledge and understanding of him. We're always learning about Jesus. You never stop learning about Jesus. Now, you all know that, right? That's why he said, listen, you need to study every day about Jesus and you still going to learn something. I'm reading the Bible now. I'm like, man, this to the Bible. I read this two or three times or five, six times, still haven't seen it. And now I see it this time. I said, appreciate you showing it to me, Lord. Because God has so much to reveal to us about him. His gifts he has sent to his church unite us in the faith and helps us to gain correct and precise knowledge about Jesus. See, God's gift, when yielded to him, will constantly teach us how to acknowledge him in all our ways so he can direct our path, not just in words, but in actions. Now, let's go to Ephesians 4 and 14. We see here how God's divinely protects us and why we are at, excuse me, why we as a church need them in place. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery, excuse me, by the trickery con, excuse me, of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. Again, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro. Interesting word, they're tossed to and fro, mentally agitated. The enemy will try to mentally agitate you and then carried about with every wind of doctrine. If, every time a doctor come along the way, you'll be carried away by it if you ain't careful. They'll tell you that, uh and, and some people can actually quote Bible and be deceived all at the same time. That's where you got to study to know 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 the word. I don't listen to everybody. Long story short. Sometimes people be talking, and I'll be like, I'm gonna tell you what I say in my mind because I, that might not be good. But I just don't hold any value to what they're saying. How about that? You gotta be careful about that. Because it's gonna bring trickery, deception, deception. ...because men will try to deceive you in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. In other words, they lie in wait to cause us to wander away from the truth. They lie in wait to get us to wander away from the truth. See, the enemy will send people in our path with ill intent to get us to stray away from that which we know is true about God and his written and revealed word. See, the ultimate goal is to deceive us and lead us astray. Paul experienced this firsthand in his time while he was here on the earth. They Listen, they tried to kill Paul because of what he believed. They were so committed that I remember I told y'all many times, there were some people that actually fasted and said they were not going to eat until they killed Paul. That is sad, but that is where their mind was at. And there's some people out there that want to get us deceived as well. That's why we got to stick with the word of God. And sometimes people are so committed, they will lie and wait for years to deceive us and cause us to stray from the truth of God and his eternal life. I remember I read a book many years ago called Battlefield of the Mind by Joyce Meyer. And she talked about how that the enemy will wait 20 years to get you caught up in his trap if he had to. 20 20 years. I mean, here you are. You're doing good. Let me say this to you. What she said is absolutely true. People I grew up with in ministry who I used to admire as a, say, brother or sister. I remember seeing them one day. I've actually been to the prison scene, folks, that I used to go to church with. I'm doing prison ministry, and they come in with the orange suit. I have been to different churches, and I asked, what happened to Brother A or Sister B? They said, they're no longer in the faith. I don't want that to happen to none of us. But don't you ever think take God for granted, though? Because it can happen to any one of us in here. That's why it's important that we stick with what God, God's plan for our life. Ephesians 4.15. Teaches us. Yielded and gifted people. What they should do. Ephesians 4.15 reads as follows. But speaking the truth in love. May grow up in all things. into him who is the head. Christ. We need to speak. We need to teach and profess. As well as tell. But notice what he says. The truth in love. It has to be motivated by love. There are some religions out there, they got word back in them, but they motivated by hate. Motivated by hate. They hate certain groups of people. But they got word. They can quote scripture to you too. But they're motivated by hate. And when you know, when you hear that and you discern that, you realize that's not God's way of doing things. Got to stay away from that. Because why? It's motivated by hate. May grow up, may increase and mature in all things into him who is the head, Christ. See, it's clear that we have a part to play to fulfill this. The text also lets us know how much we need each other and our connection is vital in our structure and survival. As we're con- as we are connected closely, it allows us to establish a solid structure that can tap, that we can tap into and the benefits that we can have for one another by each one's gifts. A solid frame does not force the people to fit. They just connect the pieces together as we see here in Ephesians 4 and 16. From whom the whole body, notice the whole body, join and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which it, every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. From whom the whole body, joint and knit together. Joint and knit together means we're framed together, connected closely together by what every joint supplies. See, you're connected to me by what I supply to you. We, when they were singing using their gift or playing using their gift, we were connected to them by that gift. When, the, when you're, somebody is serving you, you're connected by their service to you. That's how we connect. We connect by the gift, by what every joint supplies or contributes. Now, I'm feeding you today knowledge and understanding. We are connected because of that. We're connected because of that. According to the effective or the operation or the efficiency and the energy working by which every part does is share. Every part got to do is share. Every part has to do with share. Can you imagine, if I, if I thought about it, I told them to get over here and get on the instruments. It sounds so much better when every part is doing their share. Now, one part can do their part, but it's not going to be the same if every part do, does their share. It gives it more of a solid sound. And I'm not using the proper words. Y'all know what the words are. But it sounds full. It's full because every part, everybody's doing their share. And another thing, too, they're doing it effectively. It's not like me. If I was playing the drums and everybody else was doing their thing, you could definitely tell the difference between them play, me playing the drums and them playing. Because I'd have no skills playing drums. Y'all see the difference? Everybody has to do their share. Their share. Their share. It's important that we do our share. Cause what? It causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. As we are joined and closely connected, we're better able to supply or contribute to whatever the other one needs. In fact, ministry work will become more effective and the energy to do the work will increase. Why? Because everybody's doing their share. You know how effective we are as a church when everybody does their share? You can always tell when people are not doing their share because the other people are sweating and doing extra because other people don't show up to do their share. But as an effective church, an effective auxiliary, when we all do our share, glory be to God, it flows so much better. It flows so much better. When we all, everybody say all, do our share. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I want to look at somebody and say, we all got to do our share. In fact, let the two more folks tell them, we all got to do our share. In fact, tell them, that means you too. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's it. We all got to do our share. We see growth and, and love, God's love increases in us and through us. Now, how does that, that relate to auxiliaries? We've been God- granted gifts. We talked about this earlier. Auxiliary are a means by which we organize the gifts to operate in ministry. Again, auxiliary can be defined as a group organized to provide supplemental or additional support to the ministry. A consistent trait or reputation that each auxiliary should possess is that they give aid to others. Aid to their auxiliary, and their auxiliary aids the church. No auxiliary is meant to just sit there and be their own thing. In fact, auxiliary, one of the, excuse me, one of the definitions of aid in the church is this. Remember, he gave gifts to men. That means all of us are going to be partakers of your gift. If you use it right. If you use it. If I don't, if I can't partake of your gift, whether directly or indirectly, what's wrong here? I'm not following what God told me to do, Emma. I've got to make sure that you are partaking of my gift. Now, everybody don't do what I do, of course, but you know what? One thing we can learn from one another is, whether directly or indirectly, the ushers help me to do what I'm doing right now. So we're all particip- participating in that particular gift. Now, a consistent trait is that they're helpers to one Another, They're helpers in God's house. They may serve in various capacities such as worship service, pastoral support, greeting and welcoming others, financial support, outreach support, evangelistical help. See, it's unlimited as to what an auxiliary can aid and support because they are designed to supply what is needed in the ministry, just as Ephesians 4 and 16 told us from which the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. According to the effective work about which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. See, we have so many powerful and efficient auxiliaries here in OCC who are striving to fulfill the will of God for their auxiliary. We have our zero leaders who are gaining a greater understanding of their role and thus leading their teams in like manner. There's several. Zeroes. I see them growing. I see them growing. I see them getting better and better. And you know I, I saw them, they don't look at excuses. they say, "I'm going to get a job done, whether it's two of us or 50 of us. We're going to get the job done. When you have that kind of attitude, I'm telling you, you're fulfilling the will of God. Now, think about this when you're an auxiliary worker and you're working for the kingdom of God. You always want to consider that I'm doing this for God. I'm doing this for God. I'm working as unto the Lord. That's why it takes prayer. It takes fasting. It takes godly wisdom as well as insight. To help people in the body of Christ and our local church become joined and knitted together. I want to get other people involved with my auxiliary. I, won't, I don't want to be just me and two or three more. I want others to be a part of my auxiliary as well. Because I want us to grow. I want us to be all that God wants us to be. It takes maturity, discernment, and work to help people fit into our auxiliary team and to tap into their God-given ability that God's already placed on the inside of us for ministry work. Now, everybody has a gift, but it's up to us as mature Christians to help the ones not as mature develop into their gifts. Everybody see that? Because you can, listen, an immature person or a person or babe in Christ may not can flow in it like you who are more mature and should be at a higher level. But it takes us all to work together. Nobody is, is an island, so to speak. Everybody works together. I may not function in several auxiliaries here. But you know what? I can help each auxiliary at some point or another. If you need help with a certain thing, I should be able to help you develop in certain areas. Now, it takes maturity, discernment, and work to help people fit into our auxiliary team, tap into their gifts, and so forth. Now, we see in today's title two terms that cause us to be effective and efficient as auxiliary leaders and workers. Gifted and yielded auxiliary workers. Gifted and yielded. It's clear when we look at scriptures like 1 Corinthians 12. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 12, 28 through 31. That God provides gifts to his church. And I appreciate God providing gifts to his church. I really do. I know some people say, I can, I can go if I have to go by myself. You go, but I thank God people go with me. Well, this is me. Y'all may not believe that, but I, I believe that first Corinthians 12, 28 through 31. And God has appointed these in the church. He set these in the church. He's placed these in the church and he's as established these in the church. Now, I want you to understand this. We're just we're talking about the church universally, but we're also talking about the church right here at OCC. He has placed these in the church. And let me say this to you. When he placed them in the church, don't you look around. He placed them in these people that you look around right now. All these people in him. That's where he placed them in. Oh, and don't just look up here and say, well, Pastor, I've got all the gifts. No, look around. Look around. All of us in the sanctuary got something we got to do for the King. All of us. Eh, eh, I'm talk- yeah, I'm talking about you. Some of y'all didn't look up when I say look around. I'm talking about you too. I'm talking about you. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about you. Cause the scripture for all of us. The scripture for all of us. Now he may not call me to sing on Sunday morning, but I can I can sing over there. Everybody. Cause I'm I'm not up here. I'm not gonna sing. What kind of what kind of stuff is that? You're singing for Jesus. You're worshiping Jesus. You're lifting up Jesus. I'm singing to Jesus. Well, I'm not up there, so I'm not going to sing. No. It's not my study to sing. What's wrong? What's wrong? Let me get back. So he said these, he appointed these in the church. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers. We got some teachers in here. Miracles are in this sanctuary. I should have got more amens for miracles right now. There's some miracles in this sanctuary. Look to your right. That's a miracle right there. Look behind you. They had four or five of them this, this year. This year. This year. This year they had some miracles going on. Then gifts of healers. Healers all in the sanctuary. Pastor Albert, it's only so many here. But there's healers in the sanctuary. That's either God's line or we missed something. If he said his healer's in the sanctuary. If I come in here and I'm being charged in my body, I'm looking for healing. Things. And not only healing physically, but healing mentally. Healing mentally. How many thank God for healing mentally? That's part of my prayer. My, my prayer is for healing physically as well as mentally. That's part of my prayer for this whole congregation. I pray for all of y'all have healing physically and mentally. Now, I apologize. I didn't learn that till a few years ago. I was just praying for one way, physically. Oh, physical healing. Bye, blah, bye, bye, bye. The Lord said, why don't you pray for me? I said, yes, sir. So I apologize all the years I miss praying for healing mentally over the church. But that's been a constant prayer of mine for years now. Now, and I know y'all pray the same thing, too. Notice what else he says. Helps we got some wonderful helps in him. And not just the ones sitting in the chair back there. I'm talking about people in the, in the, in the congregation that help out. They help out. They help out. Administration, we've got some wonderful people that administrate things. Varieties of tongues and so forth. See, God's gifts are ordained of him and sent to his church for us. We must remember that we are possessor of his gifts. We must choose to use his gifts to lift them up and bring glory to him. We don't want to become so comfortable with his gift that we become complacent and sit on what he's given us to do. Notice what he says here in 1 Corinthians 29 through 31. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, do all have gifts of healings, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret. And then he goes on to say, but earnestly desire the best gifts. And yet I show you a more excellent way and earnestly pursue, go after the best gifts, the more useful or more serviceful gifts, serviceable gifts. And yet I show you a more excellent or superior or ceiling or beyond measure or better way. See gifted, but designed to be greater servant and serving in God's house. Yeah, I got a gift, but I want to, I want to do more for the kingdom. I want to do more for the kingdom. Listen, if God wants me to witness, I want to be the best witness person that he has out there. And you only learn witnessing by going out witnessing. We can go over it, but I'm telling you, it's nothing like somebody coming and throwing your whole, you can have a script laid out. You lay it out and now somebody break your script. And you and you got to be led by the Holy Spirit. I mean, you learn a lot. Don't get me wrong, because I've been tossed upside down and sideways. I've been told off. I've been cussed out. The door slammed in front of my face, and you know that them slamming the door in my face don't stop me from going out to the next door and telling other people about Jesus. Y'all know that, right? You know, every every somebody gonna tell you no every now and then, but that doesn't mean it stops you from telling others about Jesus. It, it don't stop you. It don't stop you. So now, we're gonna desire the, we're gonna be better at what we do for the kingdom. Ultimately, Jesus meets the needs, but he uses God-appointing gifts in us to execute what is needed for, for, needed, whether directly or indirectly. And, and y'all know, as well as I've seen, ministry needs change based on the needs of the people that we serve in the church and beyond the church doors. And what, no matter your ministry, whether it's men's ministry, women's ministry, youth ministry, care ministry, help's team, armor bearer, pastoral aid, music or media ministry, performing arts, outreach ministry, local or foreign mission, and so forth, Jesus has placed a gift in us to meet those needs. He's placed it in us. I mean, he's very plain when he says that. You knows what he said. He says, use them. When I read that, I said, hmm, that's interesting, God. You know, many times I've read that, I haven't read that. He said, use them. Use them. You got a gift, use it. Use it. Use it. So three things in the need, let me be brief about this. In each auxiliary member and leader, in order for us to be, what we've been talking about this morning, gifted and yielded auxiliary workers. One, be a good steward over the gift. Given to me, regardless of how great or how small I think it is. Now let me say this, see, in God's eye, your gift is great. Well, Pastor, Stiles, I'm in the back nobody ever sees me. It's still great. It's still great. In fact, you're probably one of the greater ones because, tell you what, what's done in the, in the back, God will bring it out into the light and everybody see you being blessed. Why are they so blessed? Cause they do so much for the kingdom, you just don't see it. I mean, they're writing them checks with a whole lot of zeros. Some of y'all know the song. Some of y'all don't get it. <laughs> First Peter 4 and 10. As each one has received a gift. Now, notice this particular text. As each one has received a gift. That means everybody. Everybody has received what? A gift. Everybody's got one. Well, Pastor, I don't have a gift. Argue with God then. I believe what He said, and I believe you have a gift. I believe what He, I believe you have a gift. Well Pastor, I, I you know, I will do it this, that, and the other. You still got a gift? You know something about God, and I, I know y'all know this by now, but you know it's how God doesn't take His gift away even after we act the way we do sometimes? Anybody ever realize that? I mean, have you ever acted, I mean, I ain't going to try to use all the terminology I think in my mind right now. But have you acted, and we'll say, not like you should, and God still did not take that gift away from you? Isn't that powerful? I mean, God, I mean, you have acted, and you have did stuff that if people knew what you did, they might say, give me that gift. But God knows exactly what you did. You repented and God says. All right, I, I, I'm going to finish. I'm going to finish. Y'all. Stay with me. Stay with me. It's gift. It's extraordinary ability. I like this definition. Some that distinguish you from others to serve the church. It's the power of divine grace operate in the soul of the Holy Spirit. He says, when you have this gift that God's given to you, I I want you to minister. I want you to serve someone else's interest. I want you to serve others by supplying something. I want you to attend to someone else's interest. And notice what he says, as good stewards. A manager, someone who is in trust with the management of another's property. You've got God's gift, but it's up to you to manage it. You've got the gift. It's up to you to manage it. Now, I'm just going to use this because I'm not picking on them, but I just want to use it for example. If you got a gift to play one of these instruments or sing one of these microphones, sing with a microphone, you should be practicing making your gift better. Okay? That's the only time I practice when I come to practice on Thursday. (laughs) On Thursdays at 7 o'clock. That's the only time I practice my gift. I don't press no other time. I don't do jack with it the no other time. I don't, I don't do jack. I mean, I don't do nothing with it. And when I finish at 8.30, 9 o'clock, I don't do it again to Sunday morning. Yeah, God see that. God see that. Let me tell you something. There's no way in the world I could do what I do if I just do this. I get, I just get up here on Sunday morning and do what I do. Y'all will be so lacking in what I could possibly give you if God did that. So we got to understand something. We got to get make our gift better and work on it. Because what? You're the one that's going to be the steward over <coughs> You're the one. Now I'm going to use this another example. I, I know he's fast. Just, I'm going to use one more example. Let's say for example, now this is not true for me, but I'm going to use this for an example. Let's say I love to cook. Love to cook. I mean, I just, woo, I love to cook. But I never practice cooking. I mean, I don't do jack. I don't. I boil hot dogs. I get uh, uh, some noodles, Roman noodles. I get the packet out. After I try after to go through it, and that's all I cook. I don't. I don't. I don't do nothing else with it. But I say I love to cook. Would you question my love for cooking? Would I be a good steward if I said I love cooking, but I never practice cooking? That cooking to me is almost like a gift, in my opinion, the way some people cook. I'm telling you, man. Now, I know that gift probably passed I me. Mean, I can eat your food, but <laughs> listen, we'll be joined together <laughs> by the gift. But the thing I'm looking at here in this text is this. We're stewards over the gift. We're stewards over the gift. We're demanders over the gifts. But I like this, of the manifold grace, or the benefit, or the strength, or the exercise of Christian values of God. So be a good steward. Number two, be yielded to God as instruments of righteousness. Be yielded to God as instruments of righteousness. Romans chapter 6, verse 13. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourself to God as being alive from the dead And your members as instruments of righteousness. Real briefly, do what's right by the gift that God put in you. Do what's right by God's gift. And when you mess up, repent and ask God to get you back in the right place. Now, I'll be honest with you. Most people that I know have misused their gift for the kingdom at one point or another in their life. Some repented. Most I know repented. Some didn't. If you mess up, repent. Ask God to forgive you and get back in and do what's right. But don't yield your members as members of unrighteousness. So the second one is, I'm sorry. The second one is this. Be yield to God as instruments of righteousness. And the third one is this. Be determined to serve, make progress, and lead as faith walkers. Be determined to serve, make progress, and lead as faith walkers. Second Corinthians 5 and 7. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Again, for we walk, we make our way or conduct our life by faith, belief in the written and revealed word of God, our confidence in the scriptures, and not by sight, outward appearance or external circumstances. We have to remember, when God grants us a gift, he does not regret it. You know, can, I be, can let me be honest. Let me throw this on the table. Don't, don't cut my head off. If I was God, I would be taking some of these gifts away from folks. There are some folks that would get on the stage and use and say, I thank God for giving me that song. It'd be line, line, line. God did not give them that song. Do they have a, a gift or a talent? Yeah. Romans chapter eleven, verse twenty nine reads as follows. Romans eleven twenty nine. For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. Unregretted, not able to be changed, can't be reversed. When God gives a gift, he doesn't change his mind about it. Isn't that powerful? Y'all know good and well. Some of y'all would say, Man, I would snatch that gift away from so and so and use it for myself. <laughs> oh whatever. Cause they don't use it for the right purposes. I can only wonder how he feels when we don't use our gift as he intended. Can you imagine how God feels when you don't use his gift the way he intended it? Not the way you intended it, but the way he intended it. When you don't develop your gift, when you just, you know, I'm okay the way I am mentality. How does he feel? As auxiliary leaders, we must strive to align with the house vision and work in conjunction with the pastor to empower and equip the believers. So again, we got to be a good steward over the gift given to us regardless of how great or small it is. Two, be yielded to God as instruments of righteousness. And three, be determined to serve, make progress, and lead as faith walkers. The Lord needs or wants, auxiliary members, and leaders in his church who are gifted and yielded. And I like what he said, Paul said in Romans chapter 12, verse 6. Having their gifts different according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. Let us use them. Let us, don't buy the sim,
0: use Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia, on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at OCCVR.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.